Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access a copy of the online edition by going to jcim.net, or if you also have a link to top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up. And there you can sign up to receive an excellent daily email that includes both the reading for the day as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Laura Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 13, From Perception to Knowledge, with Section 6, The Testimony of Miracles. Um, we're also mindful of our lesson today, the last in our group of review for review lessons, lesson 150, all of which are preceded with the idea of my mind holds only what I think with God. And today we're reviewing lesson number 139, I will accept atonement for myself, and 140, only salvation can be said to cure. And by way of opening this morning, I want to thank Lana uh, for sharing this in one of her beautiful Facebook posts. Uh, But it relates directly to, I will accept atonement for myself. And it comes from Joel Goldsmith, where he describes the effects of conscious oneness. goes like this. When you have touched this capital P presence when you have felt it you can give up all concern all worry and all fear all of your worries are behind you you have found Aladdin's lamp but this is better than Aladdin's lamp because you will not even have to wish as a matter of fact you will not even have to know what it is you want You sit in silence and touch that presence. It responds and it literally tells you, I am here. I am on the field. I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you walk through the waters, you will not drown. If you go through the fire, the flames will not kindle upon you. If you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not a bit of death will touch you. Walk through all the valleys you like. My presence goes with you. My presence is with you. My presence goes before you. From Joel Goldsmith. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Love it. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. For, I will accept atonement for myself. I felt. So, thanks, guys. I'm really happy to have brought that today. And thanks, Lana, for sharing it in one of her most generous posts that she offers almost every day. So, here we go. Our reading list this morning. It includes Fran, Robin Marie, Donna, 
Jessica and Karen. And we're joined in listening this morning by Kristen and Harrison. And as I men- mentioned earlier, Lemoyne may be in and out the next few days uh, as he has some concerns with his dad in hospice. So I know we'll uh, raise him up in our thoughts and prayers during this special time for him and his family. Okay, here we go, in chapter 13. From Perception to Knowledge, Section 6, The Testimony of Miracles. 47. Yes, you are blessed indeed. Yet in this world you do not know it, but you have the means for learning it and seeing it quite clearly. The Holy Spirit uses logic as easily and as well as does the ego, except his conclusions are not insane. They take a direction exactly opposite, pointing as clearly to heaven as the ego points to darkness and to death. We have followed much of the ego's logic and have seen its logical conclusions. And having seen them, we have realized that they cannot be seen but in illusions. For there alone, their seeming clearness seems to be clearly seen. (laughs) Let us now turn away from them and follow the simple logic by which the Holy Spirit teaches you the simple conclusions that speak for truth and only truth. Fran. Chapter 13, From Perception to Knowledge, Section 6, The Testimony of Miracles, Paragraph 47. Yes, you are blessed indeed, yet in this world you do not know it, but you have the means for learning it and seeing it quite clearly. The Holy Spirit uses logic as easily and as well as does the ego, except that his conclusions are not insane. They take a direction exactly opposite, pointing as clearly to heaven as the ego points to darkness and to death. We have followed much of the ego's logic and have seen its logical conclusions. And having seen them, we have realized that they cannot be seen but in illusions. For there alone, their seeming clearness seems to be clearly seen. Let us now turn away from them and follow the simple logic by which the Holy Spirit teaches you the simple conclusions that speak for truth and only truth. 48. If you are blessed and do not know it, you need to learn it must be so. The knowledge is not taught, but its conditions must be acquired, for it is they that have been thrown away. You can learn to bless and cannot give what you have not. If then you offer blessing, it must have come first to yourself, and you must also have accepted it as yours. For how else could you give it away? Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Forty-eight. If you are blessed and do not know it, You need to learn it must be so. The knowledge is not taught, but its conditions must be acquired, for it is they that have been thrown away. You can learn to bless 
and cannot give what you have not. If, then, you offer blessing, it must have come first to yourself, and you must also have accepted it as yours. For how else could you give it away? 49. That is why your miracles offer you the testimony that you are blessed. If what you offer is complete forgiveness, you must have let guilt go, accepting the atonement for yourself and learning you are guiltless. How could you learn what have been done what has been done for you, but which you do not know, unless you do what you would have to do if it had been done unto you? Indirect proof of truth is needed in a world made of denial and without direction. You will perceive the need for this if you will realize that to deny is the decision not to know. The logic of the world must therefore lead to nothing, for its goal is nothing. Thank you, Robin Marie. I'm Donna. Forty-nine. That is why your miracles offer you the testimony that you are blessed. If what you offer is complete forgiveness, you must have let guilt go, accepting the atonement for yourself and learning you are guiltless. How could you learn what has been done for you, but which you do not know, unless you do what you would have to do if it had been done unto you. Indirect proof of truth is needed in a world made of denial and without direction. You will perceive the need for this if you will realize that to deny is the decision not to know. The logic of the world must therefore lead to nothing, for its goal is nothing. 50. If you decide to have and give and be nothing except a dream, you must direct your thoughts into oblivion. And if you have and give and are everything, and all this has been denied, your thought system is closed off and wholly separated from the truth. This is an insane world, and do not underestimate the actual extent of its insanity. There is no area of your perception that is not touched, that, that it has not touched, and your dream is sacred to you. That is why God placed the Holy Spirit in you, where you placed the dream. Thank you, Donna and Jessica. Thanks, Lori. <clears throat> 50. If you decide to have and give and be nothing except a dream, you must direct your thoughts unto oblivion. And if you have and give and are everything, and all this has been denied, 
Your thought system is closed off and wholly separated from the truth. This is an insane world, and do not underestimate the actual extent of its insanity. There is no area of your perception that it has not touched, and your dream is sacred to you. That is why God placed the Holy Spirit in you, where you placed the dream. 51. Seeing is always outward. Were your thoughts wholly of you, wholly of you, the thought system which you made would be forever dark. The thoughts which the mind of God's Son projects have all the power that he gives to them. The thoughts he shares with God are beyond his belief, but those he made are his beliefs, and it is these, and not the truth, that he has chosen to defend and love. They will not be taken from him, but they can be given up by him, for the source of their undoing is in him. There is nothing in the world to teach him that the logic of the world is totally insane and leads to nothing. Yet in him who made this insane logic, there is one who knows it leads to nothing, for he knows everything. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen. 51. Being is always outward. Were your thoughts wholly of you, the thought system which you made would be forever dark. The thoughts which the mind of God's Son projects have all the power that he gives to them. The thoughts he shares with God are beyond his belief, but those he made are his beliefs. And it is these, and not the truth, that he has chosen to defend and love. They will not be taken from him, but they can be given up by him, for the source of their undoing is in him. There is nothing in the world to teach him that the logic of the world is totally insane and leads to nothing. Yet in him who made this insane logic, there is one who knows it leads to nothing, for he is everything. Excuse me, for he knows everything. 52. Any direction which which will lead you where the Holy Spirit leads you not goes nowhere. Anything you deny which he knows to be true, you have denied yourself. And he must therefore teach you not to deny it. Undoing is indirect, as doing is. You were created only to create, neither to see nor to nor do. These are but indirect expressions of the will to live, which has been blocked by the capricious 
an unholy whim of death and murder that your father shared not with you. You have set yourselves the task of sharing what cannot be shared. And while you think it possible to learn to do this, you will not believe all that is possible to learn to do. Thank you, Karen. And do we have a new reader for paragraph 52 and 53? I can read. Thank you, Harrison. 52. Any direction which will lead you where the Holy Spirit leads you not goes nowhere. Anything you deny which he knows to be true, you have denied yourself. And he must therefore teach you not to deny it. Undoing is indirect as doing is, you were created only to create, neither to see nor to do. These are but indirect expressions of the will to live, which has been blocked by the capricious and unholy realm of death and murder that your father shared not with you. You have set yourselves the task of sharing what cannot be shared. And while you think it possible to learn to do this, you will not believe that it is possible to learn to do. 53. The Holy Spirit, therefore, must begin his teaching by showing you what you can never learn. His message is not indirect but he must introduce the simple truth into a thought system which has become so twisted and so complex that you cannot see that it means nothing. He merely looks at its foundation and dismisses it. But you, who cannot undo what you have made, nor escape the heavy burden of his dullness that lies upon your minds, cannot see through it. It deceives you because you chose to deceive yourself. Those who choose to be deceived 
will merely attack my right approaches, which would seem but to encroach upon deception and strike at it. Thank you, Harrison. And do we have another new reader for paragraph 53? I can read um, Laurie Slana. Thanks, Slana. Thank you. Uh, 53. The Holy Spirit, therefore, must begin his teaching by showing you what you can never learn. His message is not indirect but he must introduce the simple truth into a thought system which has become so twisted and so complex that you cannot see that it means nothing. He merely looks at its foundation and dismisses it. But you who who cannot undo what you have made nor escape the heavy burden of its dullness that lies upon your minds, cannot see through it. It deceives you because you chose to deceive yourselves. Those who choose to be deceived will merely attack direct approaches, which would seem but to encroach upon deception, and strike at it. Thank you, Lana. And I think we have just one unmuted line. And thank you, everyone, who read this morning from this section, The Testimony of Miracles. A lot of material to unwind in here, and I really look forward to the discussion this morning. If I can touch on just a few ideas, um, see how this see how this lands. From the first paragraph, yes, you are blessed indeed. Yet in this world, you do not know it, but you have the means for learning it and seeing it quite clearly. If you're blessed and do not know it, you need to learn it must be so. The knowledge is not taught, but its conditions must be acquired, for it is they that you have thrown away. 49. That is why your miracles offer you the testimony that you are blessed. If what you offer is complete forgiveness, you must have let guilt go, accepting the atonement for yourself and learning that you are guiltless. Indirect proof of truth is needed in a world made of denial and without direction. You will perceive the need for this if you will realize that to deny is the decision not to know. From 50, if you have and give and are everything, and all this has been denied, your thought system is closed off and wholly separated from the truth. This is an insane world. And do not underestimate the actual extent of its insanity. 
There are no areas of your perception that it has not touched. And this dream is sacred to you. That is why God placed the Holy Spirit in you where you place the dream. In 51, seeing is always outward. And were your thoughts only of you, the thought system which you made would be forever dark. The thoughts which the mind of God's sons God's son projects have all the power that he gives to them the thoughts he shares with God are beyond his belief but those he made are his beliefs and it is these and not the truth that he's chosen to defend and love they will not be taken from him but they can be given up by him for the source of their undoing undoing is in him so in 52 anything you deny which the Holy Spirit knows to be true you have denied yourself and he must therefore teach you not to deny it undoing is indirect as doing is you were created only to create neither to see nor to do because the ego has set yourself the task of sharing what cannot be shared and you think it's possible to learn to do this you will not believe all that is possible to learn to do finally in 53 therefore the Holy Spirit must begin his teaching by showing you what you can never learn his message is not indirect but he must introduce this simple truth into a thought system which has become so twisted and so complex that you cannot see that it means nothing he merely looks at its foundation and dismisses it so there we have it the summary of the testimony of miracles but as I said there's much to unwind in here and uh, I think with our discussion we can approach the center of this beautiful summary so the floor is open this is Donna and I 48 and a little bit of 49 I, I just have had my mind blown because I, I didn't realize I mean I didn't really realize that I know I'm blessed because I bless others I didn't understand I didn't understand that I always looked at myself as if I had to be someplace I mean that I had to know that I was blessed I, it's the strangest sensation I'm having right here so we become it at least in my case I became it and I'm living it but I didn't consciously intellectually in awareness know that I'm blessed and because of that that's the reason that I bless now everyone so I'm so blessed <laughs> I am complete boy that's just the core of this teaching Donna thank you so much 
Yes, that was really great. Thank you so much for sharing that transformation. Yes, thank you, Donna. That was um, one of those aha moments (laughs) that we get. It's um, it's, It's so powerful and yet so lovely and gentle an experience. It's it's like, um, you know, for me, it's uh, the realization of truth. I can only see through its effects um, that they that it has on my life when I choose it. You know, when I decide to choose it, and and this one um, fundamental aspect of it, which um, I find to be, you know, really um, amazing. Um, it's it's the idea that, and the truth that, I can't give something away or share something that I don't already possess. Um, and and it's and it's like just as you said, you were saying, I can't extend a blessing to to a brother unless I am blessed, unless that blessing is contained within me it's it's how i'm reminded that i'm complete and whole and in need of nothing through the idea and through the practice of sharing through sharing i find out that um i am the peace of god through sharing the peace i discover that i'm peaceful through sharing joy i find that i'm joyful you know through um, forgiveness, I find that I'm forgiving. Forgiving, it's it's through the giving and receiving that um, we recognize the one and whole nature of our being is complete. And, and so I'm complete. <laughs> thank you again, Donna. Oh, thank you, Anna. Oh, thank you, Anna. This is Donna again. Uh, Lana's use of the word shared opened this up even more for me. And now I, I understand a little more. I am blessed and now I know it. <laughs> I am complete. Thank you for that. Yes, you are. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. Good morning, this is Jessica. Um, in paragraph 50, he says, there, um, 
This is an insane world and do not underestimate the actual extent of its insanity. And I think we do, uh, I, I'll speak for myself, I tend to underestimate it because I'm used to it. And I just think, you know, my first thought is, oh boy, that's, that's insane. And then I think, well, that's how this is. That's how they do that. Or that's how it's always been or something. Just to like not feel like running, screaming out of the theater. And then there is no area of your perception that it has not touched. And your dream is sacred to you. And that explains how, you know, how much I need to be here with you guys and remember the truth because every area of my mind or my uh, ego thought system and my behavior in this world has been touched. Everything in my perception has been touched by this insanity. Um, and it's, that's the part that, that's very easy to underestimate and minimize because, you know, I've been me all my life and I've been walking around and people have been telling me how it is and I've been accepting it and sometimes questioning it, but, but never questioning it quite to the extent that this book tells me it's not true and that it's a dream. And then he says, your dream is sacred to you. Well, that's the whole, that's the whole sticky wicket. How do I let go of something that's sacred to me? My identity. This dream is sacred to me because I'm sacred to myself. I thought all my life that I, that my salvation lay in, in making sure that I preserve my identity. You know, my life, my body, and then my mind, or what I think is my mind, the ego thought system, I have to preserve it, because that's what will, you know, people say it's such a tragedy to have Alzheimer's and forget. (laughs) My father had Alzheimer's, and he, one day he said, I don't remember who I am or where I am. And, you know, I think it's like fine. That's great. He was not unhappy. I mean, in his case, I'm, I, don't, I don't mean to say everybody should love Alzheimer's or it's fine for everybody, but in his case, he was not unhappy. Um, he, he was in the moment. And uh, my point being that letting go of who we are and where we are, which is not even true, you know, he, he had a touch of the truth there. Which is, which is, you know, which is what we and my ego thought system is fighting against because it thinks it 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 um, it holds this identity as sacred. I don't want it anymore. It's not. It's not sacred. It's insane. And and every part of my perception has been affected by the insanity. And then it ends with that is why God placed the Holy Spirit in you where you place the dream. So obviously we know the Holy Spirit's the answer to all the insanity because the Holy Spirit leads us into a different perception. Thank you guys. I'm complete.
Oh, that was a great summary of everything in that paragraph, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Thank Thank you, you, Jessica. That was lovely. Yeah, that's I love the shares this morning. Good morning, guys. It's Jude, and I um, you know, the lessons, the review lessons, and the the main theme of um, my mind belongs to God. It's um, really just sticking like glue, and um, how noticeable the difference is between the source of my thoughts, and I. That's what I'd like to share, the main point. And I think the reading, the text reading today and the lessons both, um, you know, that what we are, how we are created is purely mind and spirit, united as one, swimming in a holy sea of grace with everything as ourselves, united without differences, without distinctions. And, you know, the way that the Course works on me, um, reaffirming and reaffirming every day and every hour and every 15 minutes of every hour, these affirmations of what Christ is telling me is the truth about myself, but the Holy Spirit wants me to remember. Don't forget, don't forget. Forget to remember better that indirect learning that we taught ourselves, that we are bodies, that we're mortal, that um, we can believe what our body's eyes see and what we think we think we are. We've made an image of ourselves in our own imagination, and oh, uh, a, a concept of a self, a Judy that thinks she's thinking and thinks she's doing stuff, and that she has, you know, the... The um, millions of choices to choose from that's self-determining and um, all the confusion and the fear that comes from that kind of point of view when, in fact, everything is happening for me. And all i got to do is relax and open my eyes and recognize I'm part of a holy plan that's wholly planned for me. And there's nothing against me, nothing that can hurt me. And, um, you know, the difference between the two um, ideas do not leave their source. Really ringing, ringing loud and clear in my, in my heart and in my head. And um, this salvation and atonement, accepting atonement, Accepting atonement, accepting perfect love is the remedy for every every question, every doubt, every fear um, that I somebody's not on mute. The, um, and that that is my salvation. That I accept the truth of of my Creator, who's trying to, you know, not very subtly give me a clue. <laughs> Hello today. I accept the atonement for myself that I am perfect love, uh, united with everything in perfect love, in a holy relationship that's one with itself, calling for it to be itself in whichever way, way it happens to appear in any form, shape, size, or distinction, or just difference, um, the oneness and the wholeness and the completion of it is simple 
and easy to understand. And um, it envelops me totally and surrounds me and protects me and just makes me feel like I'm melting into a little pile of butter on the floor. (laughs) I have to leave early, so I'm going to miss you. I love you guys and have a joyful day. Thank you, Lori and Lemoyne and everyone for being here. I am complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Bless your day, too. Thanks, hon. And that was a perfect little segue to the top of the hour. Uh, So, Fran, if you would lead us once again in this last review lesson and accept our gratitude. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we are at the end of the review four. And today we are on lesson 150. My mind holds only what I think with God. I will accept atonement for myself. Only salvation can be said to cure. She'll read a little from the introduction, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on the lesson. There is a central theme that unifies each step in the review we undertake, which can be simply stated in these words. My mind holds only what I think with God. This is a fact and represents the truth of what you are and what your Father is. It is this thought by which the Father gave creation to the Son, establishing the Son as co-creator with himself. It is this thought which fully guarantees salvation to the Son, for in his mind no thoughts can dwell but those his Father shares. Lack of forgiveness blocks this thought from his, his awareness, yet it is forever true. Love it. Now we'll go over to the lesson and do our five-minute practice. My mind holds only what I think with God. I will accept atonement for myself. Only salvation can be said to cure.
Lesson 150. My mind holds only what I think with God. I will accept atonement for myself. Only salvation can be said to cure. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Oh, thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. I was so glad that um, that in your introduction to the review today, Fran, you included paragraph four uh, because that's um, that's the crux on which uh, the reading for today turns. My mind holds only what I think with God. This is a fact and represents the truth of what you are and what your Father is. Just bringing that whole paragraph um, into the introduction to our review today uh, shed such a bright light on this whole section, highlighting the difference between the ego thought system closed and fictional, unshared, unwitnessed, and the thought system of truth based on the thoughts we think with God. How simple. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I agree. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Laurie. Thank you again, Fran. This is Donna again, which I find hard to believe. And just when I thought I knew everything, I discovered I don't know anything. And I want to thank Jessica for going to paragraph 50, which I read out loud and had no idea what it said. And I am so grateful that she spoke truth to power and dissolved it. I didn't even see this is an insane world and do not underestimate the actual extent of the insanity. There, are no, there is no area of perception that is not touched. And your, oh my God, and your dream is sacred to you. I was going to ask Jessica, where, where's that word that says this dream is sacred to me? I'm just totally blown away because she blew in her, in her magnificent um, saying, what, what she said and the way she said, she blew away an aspect of my egoic mind that I had no idea was the reason I'm having difficulty reading some of these paragraphs. I'm so incredibly grateful for that. And the other thing I'm grateful for and do have some 
realization myself about is dementia. Now, what benefit does dementia have to the ego? It came to me, oh, it's to make everybody's life miserable who has to live around a dementia person because they have to deal with the person's dementia. That's the ego's purpose. But the Holy Spirit uses that same quote-unquote affliction to empty the mind of the past and lets, in the case of her father, express such beauty in the present. I, I, was, I, I spent uh, winters in Florida with my friend and her father who was totally out of it. And yet she had faith to leave him by himself on his own with the ability to go out and heat himself a cup of coffee in the microwave. And he came never to any harm. So thank you, Jessica. You just brought a great, great light to me. And I'm so grateful for the lessons and, and for, for Lori and for Fran. And I'm just so blessed of God to be here. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Donna. Thank you. You You have done the same for me so many times. Yes, thank you, Donna. You're a blessing to all of us. I know to me you are. I love how you just speak power to the truth, you know, and and, um, how you are so honest in looking within and really demonstrate that desire to know the truth regardless of you know how good bad or ridiculous it may seem to be to us at any given moment to be open to seeing things differently so thank you thanks lana thanks jessica thanks donna Hi, it's Lana again. I I wanted to uh, share um, about letting go. It's um, I know uh, for me it it has been truly helpful to understand that um, uh, this whole idea of letting go is not something that I do. It's done for me, and um, if I look at it with divine logic, I can see that how could I ever let go of nothingness? How could I let go of something that doesn't exist? And um, in accepting the atonement for myself, it's about accepting Holy Spirit's function of undoing for me. And the truth of it is, at least in my experience, is that I don't let go. It let go. It lets go of me. And and what I'm actually letting go of is the belief that there is something that needs to be let go of. 
you know, um, because as long as I make my misperceptions real in my mind and believe that they're true, it will appear like I uh, I need to let something go. But I need only to let go of the idea that I'm not a perfect creation of God as I am right here, right now. And um, for me, that's what forgiveness is, is, is to see beyond the seems-to-be's, <laughs> all these seems-to-be that uh, show up as, oh, boy, got to let this one go, got to let that go. God, you know, it just sounds like a whole lot of work. And um, if I believe that's what I'm asked to do, I will feel like a failure because, uh, like I just mentioned, it's impossible to let go of something that doesn't exist. So the awakening moment for me is the realization that there is nothing to let go of. And, and, and it can seem very real, especially for me with physical pain. But here's what happens. You know, once I ask for forgiveness, um, you know, and just go about my day, I'll notice either that day or the next or sometime in the near future, I'll look for that fear. I'll look for that idea that I so desperately wanted to let go of, and it will be gone. It's nowhere to be found. It's like the deed was done without me even having conscious awareness of it being let go of. And the only thing that brings it to my attention is the absence of the pain that it caused me. And so uh, if it's a worry about, oh, I don't know, about money or whatever, I'll look and see that, oh, money was provided. I was sustained by the love of God. So that was just a false belief that I made real in my mind. So um, I now hold letting go uh, as letting go of the idea that there's something to let go of. And, and, and it's truly about remembering my truth as God created me. Because when I remember that, that right here, right now, I am as God created me, that pain or that agitation or whatever was disturbing my peace is done away with for me. You know, and, and it's easy to, um, you know, I, I gauge my spiritual progress by just looking at my past, you know, and... Ten years ago or five years ago or even five hours ago, I'm not that same person anymore. You know, so much has been undone for me. Um, and I don't realize it in, unless I truly look for it and then see that it's gone. But in truth, it was never there. It was an illusion that I made up in my mind to block the truth from entering it and from, you know, and to disturb my peace. So um, what the atonement does for me, it does what I can't do for myself. That's why it's there. You know, if I, if I could <clears throat> let go and undo all this stuff, I wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. I would do it myself. But <laughs> evidence has shown me 
uh, that that that's not possible. So it requires a miracle. A divi- it requires divine intervention, and accepting that atonement for myself is the invitation for the Holy Spirit to step in and take over for me and do what I can't do on my own. So, but in but in union, in unity with the Holy Spirit, which is nothing more than my right mind, anything can be accomplished, anything. And not, not because I figured out how to do it, it's because I, I came to the realization that I can't do it. And only my dependence and my inner dependence on God will show me where my power truly lies in the Christ within me. So anyhow, um, uh, it was helpful for me in so many ways over the years, and I just wanted to share that. Thank you. That was so elegantly stated, Lana. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks, Lynn. I loved your clarity. Yes, I appreciated that, Lynn. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Karen, um, this has been the worst week ever. Like, the past five days have been pure hell. And I keep trying to accept the atonement and my holiness and my innocence. And I keep going within, and it seems like um, there's this wide expanse of awareness on the inner plane. But it's, it's just emotional pain. It's just unbelievable emotional pain and chaos and I keep saying all the spiritual things I'm supposed to say to myself from the course but the course feels really far away and then that makes me feel completely uh, hopeless like where did it go where did it go (laughs) how how could I be so far away from it how could I be in this emotional identification and not be able to source the truth of my true self. And then I feel like um, in the circumstance that's going on, the voice of the truth is pretty strong and steady. But the chaos of what's going on in the worldly plane is just making me swirl. Um, You know, my... My uh, estranged son-in-law got custody of the baby over the weekend. He's very, very sick, you know, with all these drugs and everything that he's been doing, but um, the court can't see that because his parents swooped in and did all his documentation, which was all false, by the way, lies, and... They're propping him up like he's completely healthy, but he is just not there at all. And so they took the baby. And the voice of truth kept saying, this is just God's process, you know, just trust. The process is happening. This is 
this is fine. You know, maybe it'll help him get better. Maybe it'll, and it's, it's, it's correct that he has time with her and his parents are going to keep the baby safe because they're there. It's supervised. But there, but all of that is happening on one level, right? And the truth of God is speaking truth through me. Just, you know, trust. Take it one step at a time, moment by moment. Everything is fine. But then below that is my emotional body. And my emotional body just feels like someone is kicking me in the solar plexus. And there's all this sadness and this terrible feeling of... Um, depression and so I keep thinking okay Holy Spirit is flowing through me I'm accepting God's light I am one with the light I'm one with the Holy Spirit I give it over I put it on the altar the light is shining through it and nothing changes the emotional pain just gets worse day by day the emotional pain got worse the baby came back and she was like a little demon she was not herself at all. She was just angry and irritable and screeching and inconsolable. And it's just like the the outer world feels very real. And it's not like I can even take it apart and say, oh, I'm projecting this and I'm interpreting that. I mean, it's all too much for me to even t- try to translate into the truth. You know, the witnesses are just, there's too much going on. It's too overwhelming. I just, um, honestly, I just felt like, I felt like I stayed in bed all day yesterday just feeling like I wish I were dead. I can't take it anymore. I can't talk to my daughter anymore. I can't try to talk her out of all of the, reinforcement of the false reality that's going on and I just I just felt so emotionally beat up completely beat up and um, finally it broke at about 3.30 yesterday afternoon it broke a little I mean the identification broke enough for me to get back on the call today but um, every time I go in and I go into that deep meditation place, there's all this pain inside, emotional pain, and identification with emotional pain. And I loved your share, Lana, about instead of trying to work your way out of it, accepting that you are perfect and that that's nothing. Well, that sounds easier said than done. It's, it's really difficult. It's unbelievably confusing to me right now. It's like two realities, and the emphasis or the amplification is on the false reality and not on the true self. And um, today's lesson, the takeaway, salvation, um, only salvation can be said to cure. Salvation is the acceptance of our holiness and no guilt that's what salvation is, accepting the atonement. This world is just a place where people come to remember who they are because they don't know who they are. It feels like, okay, I understand what absolute reality is being talked about by the Course, 
But how do you hold that in the midst of the actual world? You know, what am I not, how am I not accepting my holiness? How am I feeling my guilt as opposed to the truth? Why is this so real? And, you know, yesterday and the day before Sunday, I kept shining the light into the falsehood, just assuming that I'm opening to the light and whatever this is, the light is shining through it. I'm sorry, I'm going on too long. I'm going to stop, but um, I just, I'm putting it out there. I'm struggling, and uh, I don't want to sound like a crazy person. I hate it when people share on, on Facebook and talk about some crazy realities of paranoia, and I don't want to do that, but it's just too much. Too much. I'm complete. Thank you, Karen, and thank you for sharing your process. And let me say this. What you just shared reminded me of a Rumi poem that is so apt for this situation. The poem is, love isn't the work of the tender and the gentle. Love is the work of wrestlers. Love is the work of wrestlers. The one who becomes a servant of lovers is really a fortunate sovereign. This is how the how I can choose to rule my mind he says the one who becomes a servant of lovers is really a fortunate sovereign don't ask anyone about capital love ask love about love love is a cloud that scatters pearls and sometimes those thoughts uh, that intervene between my mind and the truth are so overwhelming it seems impossible to escape them and that's when um, Love becomes a wrestler. Or I make the choice. I make the choice to let love help me wrestle these thoughts so that truth can be welcomed once again into my mind. Um, It is work. It is definite work. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And um, I'll I'll add this. There is a process called the welcoming process when in situations like this I welcome all the emotions that I'm experiencing and even invite them to express themselves if it's fear if it's sadness if it's depression if it's whatever whatever the feeling state is I welcome that feeling state give it room in my spacious mind to express itself and eventually the emotion is exhausted and my mind is ready once again to welcome truth it's a wrestle but it's also a process where I can welcome this guest this emotion whatever whatever the case may be give it a name let it express itself fully in the context of my spacious mind and I can swear to you that um, when I do that truth always walks into my mind as a welcome guest this is how Holy Spirit relieves me of the thought traps that I get entangled within my mind that generate all these feelings when I welcome them let them express themselves fully I mean fully in my spacious mind Um, the cloud breaks somewhat like you described it 3:30 yesterday um, but it is a wrestle and I have to give it room to happen 
because I'm greater than my thoughts the truth in me is greater than my thoughts the Holy Spirit will always always give me a manifestation of truth as I'm willing to let these feelings express themselves that's the process of forgiveness for me that um, I let my mind free to engage in in order to get the help I need I hope that's I hope that's somewhat clear I'm complete that was great thank you Love it. thank you thank you thank you this is Ida I want to tell you since you started talking about it I was praying for you and sending you light at some point, I could feel the energy going through me to you. Uh, so I hope that helps. And uh, I think you have my number. Call me if you want to talk. Thanks. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Ida. That's sweet. Um, hi, it's Lana. Um, I had, um, Karen, I, I had a situation with my grandson that's very similar to what um, you shared. And um, where it is now, you know, it's like a roller coaster ride, <laughs> an emotional roller coaster ride. And where it is now, as far as the court system, is his father has custody with his girlfriend. And... Um, they're not really allowing my daughter to see her son. And, of course, my daughter doesn't have the money for any fancy attorneys to step in for her. So um, where we all are now is um, in a trusting mode. Um, We're just trusting God that um, the outcome will be in the best interest of my grandson and... Um, an answer will be provided and and see that's you know for me that's a real um, uh, what's the what's the good word a snag in the matrix or because I <clears throat> in these situations at least my experience of them is I have to ask myself where have I placed my trust and and um, and that's the same as saying, what do I believe is real, more real? Do I have more faith in the story about my grandson being real? Or do I have more faith in my trust in God for a peaceful resolution? And it's an honest question. And um, when I honestly answer it, there are many occasions where the dream or the situation feels and I experience it as reality more than um, trusting the truth is true. And again, that's, you know, that's way above my pay grade to solve. I have no idea. Um, And I can try to look for solutions, but they'll fail me. 
And I don't even know if I think I see one and try it if that will be God's will for me or for my grandson or for my daughter. You know, it's it's um it's really in in the ability and the willingness, I guess, more than anything, to to trust that for right now this is what it looks like, this is what it feels like. But in a larger picture God knows what's in the best interest of my daughter, my grandson, and myself, and every other person that seems to be involved in his life right now. He's nine years old. Eight, eight he'll be nine this summer or this July. So um, it's it's a tough it's a tough bullet, bullet to bite to say just trust, but. Um, that's what we're called to do and um, trust the truth is true and trust that God is in control and God has our back and and you know I often say that um, we're all led to God everything points to God either through gratitude or desperation and uh, it can seem like desperation sometimes that our minds return to God because there's no other place to go but that even that's part of the perfect plan of the atonement, you know, is to finally say, I give up. I give up. I don't have a clue. But it's not a giving up in hopelessness. It's a giving up to God in hopefulness that um, it will be resolved in ways that I can't even imagine. And uh, to look at previous miracles that have shown up in my life, they help serve to validate and to help me trust because I see that when I've trusted God before um, miracles showed up in my life that I couldn't have imagined so I'm trusting in miracles you know I'm trusting not myself or anyone involved I'm trusting you know God to work out the income the outcome that's in the best interest for everyone, including my grandson. So I, I know that place that you are right now, and it's frustrating. It's um, nail-biting. It's heart-pounding. It's stark terror sometimes, you know, and, um, and, I, and I'm sending you blessings. I'm sending you miracles. I'm holding you and your grandson in the light and love of God and asking that the truth be shown to you and to us. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. <laughs> great description of the wrestle, huh? That was great. Thanks. Thank you, Lana.
Good morning, Harrison. Um, someone has attempted to share about this, but <clears throat> years ago, I was uh, working as a prosecutor in Los Angeles, and I was handling uh, in the last couple of years that I was in that job, only uh, sexual assault cases. And um, my job really entailed working with uh, women who, usually women, who the law and themselves saw themselves as victims. And uh, the perpetrator as uh, the cause of that victimization. So as a student of course, in Mary course, I uh, had a chance to really practice uh, how to see everybody involved. And Uh, 
see the victimization. I could see victimizing. I could see the victim. Or I could see everyone as God created them. And I, I, I realized that this was uh, a, a perfect situation for me uh, to practice what I was newly learning as a course student. I'd only been uh, practicing the teaching of the course for oh, four or five years, and, and this was uh, quite a learning experience for me. And frankly, it wasn't easy. But at the end of the day, it all came down to how I chose to see myself. Because I could see myself as the victim. I could see myself as the victim, I Or I could see myself as God created me. And at the end of the day, the only time I felt peace at all was when I could see myself as God created me. And because of that, I was able to see all in the world as God created them. And it made it possible to go in day after day and deal with what on the outside for those who were not causing miracle students was a very difficult situation. But it just goes to show what to show me that we're able to see beyond the appearances and see only the truth that's apparent in every situation, regardless of what our mind is telling us.
when I thought about helping us. And it's amazing how we can uh, walk through those experiences and be a light for everyone to see. I'm thinking. That was a beautiful description of how the atomic principle works, Harrison. Thank you for that. Thank you, Harrison. Oh, thank you, Harrison. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And uh, <laughs> some days I'm granted such clarity that I don't even know where to begin. But um, And that's a relative expression, let me add. Um, but I wanted to start this morning with a quote from the Miracle Principles that seems uh, really, really pertinent to this whole um, testimony of miracles section. It's in chapter one. It's Miracle Principle 38, where he says, a miracle is a correction factor introduced to, into false thinking by me. It acts as a catalyst, shaking up erroneous perception and reorganizing it properly. This places man under the atonement principle where his perception is healed. Until this has occurred, revelation of the divine order is impossible. And when I was directed to that this morning, um, here's what I regard as clarity, and I hope I can express it. But in chemistry, um, step away for a minute and just think what you know about basic chemistry. We know that elements interact and combine in various combinations, really. Simple ex simple example is H2O, two, two molecules of oxygen plus one of hydrogen equals water. And that's the way chemistry works. Things combine, rearrange, and make something different. And in chemical reactions, um, catalysts can intervene to speed up the reaction. And so when he says a miracle is a catalyst introduced into false thinking by me, shaking up mistaken perception and reorganizing it properly, I get a real simple little diagram. And uh, I have it written across the top of my page. And maybe this is helpful if you write it down so you can see. But the diagram starts with thoughts on the left side of the page. He says, mind is a powerful creator. It's creating all the time. And when I identify with my thoughts, even if they're mistaken, they become sacred to me. They become idols. They're the rules by which I live, these thoughts. So I start with thoughts. Mind is a powerful creator, creating all the time. The mind can create with God along the lines of truth. 
or mind can miscreate and the miscreations are always fearful all right so thoughts thoughts can lead to mind errors mistaken thoughts not the thoughts I think with God but my mistaken thoughts can lead to mind errors and mind errors if you write below that the words fear and nothing <laughs> um, it becomes clearer what he's talking about when I have mistaken thoughts that I identify with now my mind is miscreating fear and in the thought system of truth it's really creating nothing but I'm believing it all right mind errors he says can be corrected and the correction is a catalyst introduced by me so if I allow my thoughts some space to be corrected forgiveness will come to me because I'm loosening my attachment to this mind error I'm loosening my belief in it by asking what is the truth of this and as truth is restored to my mind the truth of love forgiveness is granted this mistaken thought and the consequence another lead to error forgiveness leads to miracle the consequence is a miracle forgiveness and miracle go together he says miracles are an expression of the atonement a sign of real respect from the worthy to the worthy this is what Holy Spirit will grant my mind this combination of forgiveness that leads to miracle and that leads me to another leads to error truth the thought system of truth you can write below that is love and everything all right so the way it works then the testimony of miracles is I am granted indirect proof of what I really am my mind holds only thoughts I think with God the power of the Holy Spirit um, is what allows forgiveness to lead to miracles it's not my power it's the power of the Holy Spirit acting as a catalyst shaking up erroneous perception and reorganizing it properly it's just like a chemical reaction when I submit my erroneous thoughts loosen my attachment to these things these rules by which I think I lead my life as a separate person Holy Spirit in my mind proves to me that I'm not alone I am never alone with my problem whatever the problem may be it's always going to be a consequence of miscreation in my mind and miscreation will result in fear and um, and so as I meditated this morning that word catalyst directed me to chapter 2 which I think if we had a bibliography for this section uh, the bibliography would say refer to <laughs> Uh, fear as lack of love and atonement as correction for lack of love both of those sections are in chapter two it's too long to read all those quotes but 
um, they form the background of how when I submit my mistaken thoughts to the light of the Holy Spirit the light will show me my mistaken thought which allows forgiveness to correct my mind and me to experience the consequence of a miracle the result of having let this thought go all of it is the power that is within us but not of us and now I'm starting to understand what he means that I always choose between the weakness of the ego or the strength of Christ in me isn't that beautiful thoughts lead to mind errors can lead to forgiveness can lead to miracle can restore me to truth um, it is indeed Donna as you say mind-blowing I'm complete <laughs> Mind blowing indeed. Thank you, Glory. Oh, that thank was you. just glorious. Sorry, thank, thank you. you for that. Yeah. Thank you, and thank you for thirty-eight. Oh, and you know what I wanted to add um, this is a process you know um, as you say um, Lana the more often I submit my mistaken mind errors to the light of the Holy Spirit the greater my trust grows you know and uh, he says in this work that's why that's why um, I need miracles I need miracles and even the miracles uh, in fact this one was really big to me miracle principle 74 75 says even the miracles you're not asked to perform have great meaning uh, to the corrected mind because it shows that um, the mind is always in a state of grace and even when my mind errors are corrected and I'm not asked to do anything you know Christ's guidance plays into this in a really big way sometimes I'm asked to do something um, when I submit my thoughts to this light sometimes I'm asked to do nothing and that's even harder you know because I think I'm a doer and when my mind's corrected I want to run out there and, and do something or give something to somebody but he says even the miracles you're not asked to perform have great meaning um, why because they restore truth to my mind and remind me that I'm always in a state of grace um, and they build trust by realizing that Christ knows the whole plan sometimes I'm not asked to go do something about a problem I perceive out there and that's okay because trust is built in my mind by allowing the miracle to do what it does remember who introduces this catalyst Christ mind not me Christ mind introduces this catalyst and Christ mind is aware of the whole plan so even the miracles I'm not asked to go do something about 
listen, learn, and do. Remember? Even if I'm not asked to go do something about it, reminds me still that I can trust this Christ mind to resolve everything in the most beneficial way to everyone. Just like you said, Harrison. So, um, thank you for reminding uh, me that the more often I do this, the greater my trust grows um, in the mind of Christ to resolve those things that I think are out of order based on my set of rules. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much. Holy Spirit must teach me what I could never learn. Oh, you know what? One final thought, and then I think we'll end the recording. Um... What was it? I lost it. Oh, well. If it's important, it'll come back. Um, For some reason, this uh, little thing has been running in my mind for the last, I don't know, couple weeks. It's from Chapter 23. Speaking of this, Miracle is a catalyst introduced into erroneous thinking by me. Uh, What's been running through my mind is who can find the choice between miracles and murder hard hard to make? Who can find the choice between miracles and murder hard to make? Here's the quote. Who with the strength of God in their awareness those, I'm sorry, those with the strength of God in their awareness could never think of battle. What could they gain but loss of their perfection? For everything fought for on the battleground is of the body. That's how I wind up in fear. Something it seems to offer or to own. No one who knows that he has everything could seek for limitation, nor could he value the body's offerings. And that sentence is important in light of today's lesson. I will accept atonement for myself. The atonement gives me everything. He says, the atonement gives you God. So no one who knows that he has everything could seek for limitation, nor could he value the body's offerings. The senselessness of conquest is quite apparent from the quiet sphere above the battleground. What can conflict with everything? And what is there that offers less, yet could be wanted more? Who, with the love of God upholding him, could find the choice of miracles or murder hard to make? Yes, indeed, the love of God upholds us always. Faith, believe, and vision are the Holy Spirit's gifts to me. 
And that is the strength of God upholding. Could find the decision between miracles and murder hearts make. Amen. Thank you, everyone. And I do so love how we shed light on these ideas that lift us up so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone.